Somebody say, Jesus loves me. So many times we talk about how Jesus loves others and we want everybody to know how much Jesus loves them, but we don't think about that Jesus loves us and that Jesus cares for us. And Jesus loves each and every one of you in here today, and we love you too. And don't forget when you leave, take your rose so you can take one to, to maybe your, your waitress that you have or maybe your mother or a neighbor or somebody on the street or whoever and pass a, pass a rose on to somebody else. we got plenty of roses back there for everybody to take one when you leave here to be able to go and bless somebody else at one this afternoon. So amen. So today we're so, so excited to have a special, special guest. Well, she's not a guest, she's a special family member with us. And it's, and it's Pastor Tammy. She's going to come and talk to us today. And then after the service, she's going to let us know our financial report. But the thing is, is that uh, uh, she, is, she is the head. She's the CEO, kind of. The, she's the one that runs the board for, the, for Kingdom Impact. And she is all in with us. She is all the time calling me and asking me, hey, how are things going? How, what, what can I do for you? How can we help? Is everything going good? Tell me some good reports. Tell me some good things happening. And so she's, real, she's really excited, and she's so, so supportive of us. And so she's so pumped up about Kingdom, Kingdom Impact and, and Kingdom Impact Wilmington. And she's been here a couple of days just, just praying and studying and asking God for, for direction for today. And I just want you to give her a great hand clap of praise along with, with Jesus Christ himself, um, Pastor Tammy. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Love the worship here. It's always amazing. And I love your worship as well. Amen. The team is just wonderful. Seeing Sydney up here singing just touches my heart. She's growing up. Praise the Lord. Greatest thing you can do to young people begin to worship the Lord and sing for Him. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you again, Lord, for all the blessings in our life. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you, Lord. Truly, you're here. I sense you in just a mighty way. I pray, God, that you would just add your presence and your anointing to the word today as I share my heart for what I believe that you've given me for us today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So, today, Kingdom Impact is being introduced. And uh, I'm sure he's been talking to you about Kingdom Impact. And Kingdom Impact is actually the, the, uh, the nonprofit organization, the ministry that we started when we began to have a heart and our thoughts were to reach out and then the other cities and other states and began to ask God to open up new campuses and where was he launching us and to make an impact in the kingdom. That was our burden. That was our hearts. And when we began the campus, uh, we already had a campus in Chesapeake called Kingdom Life. We just kind of kept with the name. But then in our hearts, we knew it was Kingdom Impact. The, the head of this ministry has always been Kingdom Impact. So what we're doing today is we're just re we're reestablishing that in the neighborhood. Because we want you to know you are Kingdom Impact. You're under that mantle. You've always been under that mantle. And we just thought, you know what, let's just take on the name of who we actually are. Amen. And this, because this was the heart of what God was trying to do in our lives and all through our so all of our campuses are going to begin to change their names and anything in the future will be Kingdom Impact. So that's really super important for you to know. And I thank you for just even going through this with us. Because the, the bottom line is are we making the kingdom, are we making an impact for the kingdom in the city? Are we making a, an impact? Absolutely. That is our goal, that is our heart, that is the vision of the house. Amen. Okay, so I like participation, so <laughs> hallelujah. I always love to come and minister with y'all, and I could just stay in your city a long time because I love it here, love Pastor Doug, grateful for the opportunity that he gives me as well as Regina and his family and John back there. You know, went to Israel with me last year, got to spend time with him. You know, God is, y'all have a terrific uh, family leading the ministry. Can we just give him honor? Let's give him honor. <laughs> now, the Bible says give honor to whom honor is due, right? So we do honor them, and I'm very grateful for them. So changing the name of something of who we actually already are and just letting the community know. And I began to think about this today and this morning, last couple of days, and praying. And I read an article in a leadership magazine. It's, it said, it went like this, A healthy church isn't measured by the number of people who attend or the size of the building. Did you hear that, Doug? Pastor Doug? All right. Or the, or the number of programs we have available. Rather, a healthy church is measured by how many Christians within the church are making an impact in their everyday lives. So what does that have to do with? Look at your neighbor and say, you. All right, now look at yourself and say, me. 
It has to do with us, right? Not the building, not the programs. We want all those things because those are tools that we want to use for the kingdom of God. But the kingdom is where? Where is the kingdom? Within, right? That's what the scripture says. You walk around in the kingdom. You are the king, part of the kingdom. And you're the outreach of the kingdom to make an impact in the kingdom, in this community, in your lives. Amen. And so I, I just wanted to remind you of what I thought that was great and so fitting for you now. We are believing God to give you another building. We're believing God to grow for numbers because that's a result of the kingdom impact you're making, right? Because God will bring it back to the house, right? Who's supposed to be inviting people to the house? Exactly. Does the pastor do that? He can, but what his job is to equip you to go out to, to spread and make an impact in the kingdom and then come and then they come back into the house to be discipled to go and win more people into the kingdom. Amen. Sheep beget sheep. The shepherd is the ones who oversees the sheep, but the sheep are the ones who produce the sheep. They're the ones who bring the sheep. How many sheep did you bring this morning? Okay. Who brought a guest today? Raise your hand. Let's just, let's just identify that. That's awesome. Let's give him a hand. Because that's what we're asking God to do. Now, how many of you prayed with somebody this week in this city somewhere? Okay, let's give you a hand. Because you're making an impact. Amen? So it's the same thing. We're not trying to peddle the church. Or I say, you know, I'm a good salesman. They always tell me this. I say, well, I'm selling Jesus then. Praise the Lord. But at the end of the day, we're supposed to just be who God's called us to be. Kingdom impact. I use this PowerPoint to just kind of depict what's going on in America. Now, you're living in Wilmington, but you're still in America. And I'm pretty sure what's going on in Chesapeake and across the United States is going on in Wilmington as well. We're in such a time of adversity. Can somebody say yes? And so... This right here, so many people are not just necessarily standing up for what they're for. It's like even the churches today are standing up making a loud noise of what they're against. If we're not careful, we, we, we try to get on the bandwagon of everything that's bad. And we're going to make sure we're letting everybody know about the bad news. But how many of you know we're supposed to be repeating the Good news, hallelujah. It is the good news of God that draws men to repentance. It is not sin. Preaching on sin, correcting sin, correcting people on Facebook, and hammering people on Facebook does not draw men to Him. What draws men to the gospel and to Jesus, it is that he loves them, that he has a heart for them. Because let me tell you, the people who are doing the ranting, and I want to say the church, everyone at some point has probably got on and done a rant. But I can tell you that comes from brokenness and pain or whatever story they're in, whatever their past is. But Jesus is the answer. For it, Amen. And that's who the church is. And we want to make a difference in the world. And we want to make certain that the Wilmington knows who we are for. And who are we for? We're for Jesus Christ, our Messiah, right? We're for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're for the Bible. We're for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know we've been redeemed. We want this city to be redeemed. And that's really it. So when you hear and you see people are hurting, then you say, listen, I know you're hurting right now. Give them a private message and say, you know what, I know you're really hurting about this. And I'm really praying for you about this. Because what that does is that tones that right down, especially if they know Jesus. All of a sudden they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, sometimes I think, I know that Facebook is a tool for, for, the, uh, for the gospel. But can I also tell you it is also a detriment for the gospel. Now everybody has a platform to say any opinion that they want. You're like, man, she's going to preach all over Facebook today. Well, I didn't mean to. That just came out. So there you go. It wasn't even in my notes. But we're not, let me just say this too, in this political atmosphere, the reason I'm bringing this up, this is a political year. And I can tell you, I got really angry with the, the devil over our house and our, where, what happened with us in 2016. And I refused that we're going back that way again. So we're more prepared as leaders, we're more prepared as pastors that we're going to love people where they are and we're not going to judge people. We're going to share the gospel. Listen, but nobody will be excluded. Everybody will be included because that's the gospel. 
would declare as kingdom impact. We are not Republicans. We are not Democrat. We are believers in the most high God. Believers who believe in Jesus Christ and believers. And when we go into the polls, we're going to pray and we're going to ask God for the right vote. And we're going to look at the word of God and we're going to vote as close to the word of God that we could possibly do. That's it. And the church needs to rise up and love this nation. We need to rise up and hear people's stories from both sides of this. And we need to be that independent. We need to be the church that loves and reaches out and prays and cries out for healing. We're not an exclu- we're not exclusive. We are inclusive. We're not exclusive. We're inclusive. And that's got to be on the front door of this house and the front door of my heart and your heart. That no one will be rejected because of their culture or because what they believe in. Because we believe that God can reach every single human being that has ever been created in earth. Amen. This is so important because there's a lie of the enemy that is dividing our church. It's dividing our believers, our Christians that are come together in family. And I'm believing that God is going to use you here in Wilmington to love people and bring people together. Amen. Culture's important. Don't get me wrong. Some people really believe that they've got to defend their culture. And I sit with them and my heart hurts because I hear it. I understand where they're coming from. They feel that need. And then we even have church people who feel like they need to defend the culture of the church. But can I tell you there's a higher call here. It's How about women? It's important that women are not abused and are free in America. It's important that all nationalities have a right to speak. It's important that we love every person. Listen, that we love the Hispanics. That we, listen, we love the immigrants. That we love African Americans. That we love Native Americans. Are you with me? They are His children culture's important but don't get tied up with your culture because there's a higher call on you there's a higher call yes it's important as a woman that I'm in, I own a construction company I have always been in business and I've never been married so it can't be the man that made me it's the man that made me amen and so of course women are important to not be put down and ridiculed but listen to me good my higher call is the kingdom of God it is the culture in the kingdom not that women's rights ERA or whatever it is is going to be on a soapbox out here no I'm part of the kingdom of God and that's a higher call so I would release that to you this morning that that's what the Lord stirred up in my spirit we need to come up out of this stuff what is our call today it is we are believers and we know the answer and God came into our lives and changed our lives and healed our lives and he says whosoever will whosoever will come unto him if that was the case he'd have never went by the well at the woman at the well because the Samaritans were they were rejected in that time we need to wake up and be the church and the church is focused on love get busy about the father's business make an impact on Facebook make an impact in your job make an impact about Jesus not about the political stuff amen I'm just speaking this because I believe that the church has got to rise up above this stuff and we've got to love people and understand where everyone is coming from. And we're asking God for our leader. We're praying for whoever's there and whoever goes in the next time. We're going to do what the Word of God says and we're going to pray and respect and honor the leadership. And then we're going to call on Jesus to help America once again. Amen. How many of you with me today? Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and give him praise. That's good. Let's do it again. You know what? Let's make the devil mad. I've got some people that I have walked on all sides of this have been really hurt. And I've listened and I've took time to listen to their story. And you need to also, and I will say that again to you. But I believe that the Lord is wanting Wilmington to make an impact in the city. 
Today I come to agree with you that kingdom life, or I'm sorry, kingdom impact is for Wilmington. We are for this city to know Jesus. That is the reason that you're here. We're not for just to come and meet, but we are for these people. We are for this place to win them for Jesus Christ. Do you understand? In your heart, line your heart up with this. Genuinely being real with everyone that we come in contact. Not that our that we come in contact with, not that our motives over so we can build a church. No. We want to win people to Jesus. Do you understand? And so when our heart is pure, God will open doors for you that man cannot shut. He will open doors for you. And the more you share the gospel, the more your heart is pure, the more doors he will open to you to trust you with the sheep. Amen. To trust you with the people that he dearly loves. And it was a great song today. But I believe that what God is wanting you to do is spread out the gospel that we know a man who told us everything like the woman at the well. And he loved us anyway. What a perfect song for my sermon today. Even um, my brother was up here testifying a little bit about my, about my preaching. He didn't even know. I was like, go ahead, preach. He's talking about, you know, being for the God is for us. It's all up in my sermon today. So you wait. I'm getting there. Go ahead and go to the next one. But here is our statement which he's already said this but let's read it again kingdom impact exists to impact our culture with the love of Christ through real relationships that word real means not an imitation not fake not religious not haughty not exclusive like we talked about a while ago not from the right side of the tracks not from the right job right we're, we need to be real, and we are real human beings who are genuinely have problems just like anyone else. But because we know Jesus, we're able to bring that into our life and his righteousness to help us overcome things in our lives. And it is that testimony that goes out that touches people's lives. It's just your testimony one at a time. And that's what the woman at the well, come and see a man who told me everything. You know, In other words, he knew everything. He knew all the dirt. Well, can I tell you, there's somebody else that knows all the dirt. Yeah, he knows all our dirt, but he loves us anyway. Do you understand? Who are we to judge the world? Especially, I was talking with Pastor Doug, and he was talking about the Z generation, and I've been looking into the Z generation, and, and the Lord put the youth on my heart because we were supposed to have a youth pastor, and then he had a situation. I hired him from Lee College, and, and he graduated in May. He was coming August 1, and on he gave me a month to delay, September 1. Then he calls me about the week before, tells me his whole bottom fell out with his family. His father left his mother when he went home from college. Has a little nine-year-old brother. Now, these people have been in ministry all their life. This is a pastor's family. And he was devastated that his father had committed adultery, and the whole family was torn up. So, of course, he was not coming. We've already rented a place. We've already announced him. I've got young people ready for him. And then all of a sudden, the Lord just put these young people on my heart. And I was like, okay, surely you're not calling me to be the youth pastor. Well, you know, surely he did, and that's what I'm doing right now until we get one. <laughs> so the point is, I began to think about and pray about the Z generation. I took them to a conference, and we had so many saved. I mean, now we're up to 15 salvations and 10 baptisms of the Holy Spirit. There was no youth ministry because over two years of ministry, the pastor had, had resigned, just overwhelmed, too much going on. With all that's going on with the transitioning and all in Chesapeake, we didn't replace it. And in the meantime, there was no youth and they had scattered. And in two years, you graduate, you move on. So there was no connection. When I pulled the youth together, there were four teens. There was 41 last Sunday. Three months. Three months. And what they want is the real, tangible presence. And I said, Lord, how am I going to be relevant to them? And he said, just be for them. And I said, okay. And I read a book, and I told the executive staff, and Doug probably remembers this, a couple months ago, back in January. And, we, and it was just a book called Four, F-O-R. And I didn't read the book. Actually, I scanned it, and I was going to get it. And I opened it up, and there was two statements that caught my attention in the book. And it was like the whole book, like that was it for me. It was, what do you want to be known for, and what are you known for? I thought, 
man, that is awesome. So I wrote it in my journal, what do you want to be known for? And what are you known for? And we need to pray that that gap, you know, is closed between those two things. There are things in my life I want to be known for. And I believe I am known for it. But there are other things in my life I want to be known for that I know God wants me to be known for. But I'm, I'm known for the opposite. So I said, okay, so I'm, I'm being honest. Because it was not just one area. You can use that, those two questions in every part of your area. And I'll just give that to you. But that book just sort of been working with me. And I put the book aside. I never have even read it, the beginning or the end. I just, I went to the middle of it. And then I just never, it seemed like it's more about something else. I thought, man, he should have wrote the whole book around those two statements he wrote in there. But the Lord began to talk to me when he said to me, just before them. Because that's all they want. And that's all they need. And it didn't take me no time to be for these young people. And my heart, and I began to pray with them and talk to them. And Yes, it's dramatic over there, let me tell you. If somebody's breaking up this Sunday, they're in the altar praying over it. I'm not kidding. And it's good because they're learning to go to God for daily things that are heartbreaking. And that's the truth, and I love it. And then they pray over each other for it, you know. It's awesome. I love it. It's beautiful because they're teaching them that God is cared, cares about every aspect of their life. The reason we laugh is because we know that basically the end of the world is not coming at that day. However, to them, it's the end of the world. But I will tell you, don't be deceived, though. Whatever young people, what their encounter with Jesus is so important. If they do not become a Christian, what is it, before nine, the chances go way down, like 50, 60%. If they do not, or, or 70%, if they do not receive Christ and there's a teen as a student, it goes way down as to their, when they receive Christ. Because it's very important that we reach our young people from the time they're little all the way up through college in their 20s. Super important they have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And so I'm excited to be a part of that. What has that got to do with anything? Well, I mean, basically, I'm saying to you that we have to be real. And they are crying for a church to be real. There's another generation that God's raising up. And I believe revival is coming through that generation. Uh, it is. Because it's happening up in the youth center. And then when we come down to the sanctuary, then it's happening there. Because then they all go up. So they fill it down there. So they're testifying what God is doing. And we're even believing for our children as well. But we want to become people that are real. People that are authentic. I grew up in a church. I love Church of God. My parents are Church of God. My dad's pastor 47 years. Listen to me. I grew up, I take the good out of it, and the things that I, you know, there's always good and bad in everything. And I honor that. But there were times I was raised up in what not to do, not what to do. But I think it was the knowledge of what we had or what my parents had and what their parents had. Do you understand? But now we have revelation that it is not about what you wear, right? It's about relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to continue going from glory to glory. He is still revealing. Well, guess what? The Z generation has more to tell us than what we know yet. It's continually, God is continually opening up and pouring out His Spirit. We never want to impact our community negatively. We never want to be a religious, known as a religious church. We never want to be judgmental. We never want to be arrogant and prideful. We don't want spiritual arrogance. The Bible says that what knowledge puffs up. In other words, even studying can be taken against the gospel. Come on. He's talking to believers there. We want to study, but if you miss the love of God in it, you have missed the entire gospel. It goes back to understanding and love. It goes back to hearing and listening and asking God to give you a revelation how to reach them and bring them into Jesus. And so that's why I'm stirring you up with this because I believe that that is, it's simple, but it is the simplicity of the gospel that he will use. Amen? <clears throat> but I believe that when we become real, it's not something that we do necessarily. It's something that we become. It's who we become and who we are. And it just exudes from us. Note, you cannot impact. 
your uh, city or your anywhere if you don't Im- let the Holy Spirit impact your own life, right? Because you can't pour out freedom if you still don't have freedom in areas. There are areas that I've seen God use people and then they minister back to them, but that's temporarily. Eventually, you have got to allow Holy Spirit in your life to impact your family, your jobs, and that's where maturity comes within the body of Christ. Lukewarm Christians, hear me, they're the most miserable people on earth. Let me say this. Lukewarm Christians are the most miserable people in the church. Now, don't everybody get and leave once. <laughs> How about, oh, I'll give you one better, Pastor Doug. Lukewarm pastors are absolutely detestable. You're neither hot nor cold. You're just dragging along. Show up on Sunday, no devotion during the week. You're listening to everything the, from the world's doing to everything. And there's no spiritual, nothing going in your mind, your heart, your soul. You come to church, you love the Lord, you love Pastor Doug, you leave. But if you're not asking God to fill your home, your life impacts you, impacts your circumstances. Not when you need something. But God, I want to grow in you, I want to hear and give opportunities for God to feed you. Then you are not going to be fed. You're going to be fed by the TV and the radio and the country music. Y'all listen to country music or what? I'm not a country music fan. Right there. Proud of it. He's for it, see? For country. So the point is, is, is that, you know, there are, there are different likes and different wants, but there's one thing that absolutely is not contingent on age or the culture, and that is the presence of Jesus Christ. It is his presence that brings, David said it's the presence. In, the, in his presence there is fullness of joy. If you're sad today, guess what? Get in his presence. Hallelujah. Remember from where your help comes from. But what is the kingdom? Uh, Romans 14, 7. You probably know familiar scripture. I'm sure Doug is, Pastor Doug has preached on this. The kingdom of God is not eat, eating and drinking, but what? Who knows the word? The kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. All the rules and regulations of Moses' law and fighting over that and who can eat pork and who cannot. And what sect you're from, and, and the what the Nazarite took a vow they can't drink wine, but the Jews can drink wine. That's what he's talking about. It's not all that religious, traditional stuff. He said, but it is. Go ahead to the next slide. Righteousness, say it with me. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom is. That's what the kingdom is within you. That's what he said it looks like. So Paul begins this statement in chapter 14. He begins to tell them, before I tell you what it is, let me tell you what it's not. Everything the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Nazarites and all of these people are doing, that's not it. That's not the kingdom that I brought to earth. That's not the kingdom that I've come to bring upon this earth and to expand He was trying to tell them, right, these words Paul was saying, it is righteousness, his righteousness, right, and his peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, I like this part because I'm going to go on to this part so I can get it. So righteousness here is not, a lot of times we see righteousness, it means uh, his alignment, like alignment with the Father. You're in alignment. Here this word means integrity. It, It means that the kingdom is in you, and he says this is what the kingdom is. It's a people of virtue. It's people with character. It's people with integrity. It's not people that are perfect, but it's people that are striving to be perfect. It's people that love God and allow His righteousness to come through their life because they seek Him and they're yielded to Him. And the Holy Spirit, that they're able to grow and mature and produce good habits and good activity and good living. Not perfect because we all are sinners saved by grace. Right? Anybody not a sinner saved by grace? Exactly. When we get to the when when we get to heaven, we are all on the same level. We all need a savior. There are always places. We're always a work in progress. Every single one of us. But you don't need to be on step one that you had 20 years ago. Right? You have to get past that and allow God to do something in your life. 
He said righteousness. That word means that when his righteousness comes through us because of the work of the cross. We believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again for salvation. But do we really believe that we can change, that we can allow him to come through us, his nature, and be that new creation? Do we believe in us? How about the next word, peace, harmony? It means not like shalom, like the peace of God we talk about. This word means it's like an agreement. It's a contract. It's, an, it's a pact. In other words, the kingdom is about a pact. It's a group of people that have a common agreement that he was Messiah. And there's a peace to know we belong to the kingdom of God. That now we are part of the Father's uh, family. We're part of the family of God. And there's a peace in this that we walk in knowing who we are. We're, we are included. Amen. We're not excluded because of Jesus. And joy, this word means calm delight. See, and and knowing that everything's going to be all right, though it may seem to be terrible. And the example of this is Jesus, what, endured the cross for the joy set before him. He made it on the cross because he saw you and I this morning that we were, he was going to go back to heaven and we're going to make it. And that's what the Bible said. It was the joy of us receiving the finished work is how he endured the cross. That is the joy he's talking about. The joy of the finished work in your life. It is like, God, I know I'm not there, but I know you're helping me. I know you're not going to give up on me. I know Holy Spirit goes with me every day. I know you're not going to leave me. That is joy. No matter how bad this situation is, there's joy. How about the New Testament, the book of Acts? Philip went to Samaria, a great revival, preaching. And there was miracles, signs, and wonders. And it has been to history to this day, a great revival. But the Bible says in Acts that there was great joy erupted in the city. The testimony was the joy in the city. I ask you, is there joy in Kingdom Impact Wilmington? Is there joy in your house? Is there joy in the city? We need the joy. Right? Yeah. And so it is us, you and I. Who who are the ones? What is this contingent on? You and I. And so when I was praying about this, there's another scripture in Acts 13 and 52. Even talks there. It says, their joy remained through persecution. I love that in the scripture. I didn't read the whole thing, just giving you the end of it. He was talking about how they were persecuted, uh, Paul was, in, in Acts 13. He says, and they were pers- and their joy remained even during persecution. I don't know. How many of you have got some things you've gone through in 2019? You're like, dear God, please don't go back through that again. I could raise both hands. It was probably the most difficult year in ministry for me, no question. But I will tell you. That it's the joy that, that remains that keeps us on our foundation to move forward. It is the joy of knowing it's going to be a better day. He's going to turn the morning into dancing. Are you hearing me? It is the third day and he has risen. So no man can stop what God has done already in your life. If you're struggling with the habit today, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. Past tense. He did it one time. That means if you're a believer today, you keep pressing in because that deliverance is coming. He's already been crucified for it. You don't have to keep begging him. You're already in him. You just need to hear and listen to the Holy Spirit. Get with people. Make up your mind. You're going to partner with Jesus in this thing and let God walk you out of the life that you don't have to stay in. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a better you. Matter of fact, y'all are like, oh, Lord, don't let me tell my spouse now. Y'all been wanting to tell them that, haven't you? There is a better you. I haven't met them yet. <laughs> but, you know, that's what thinking the best of everyone is. And the honoring what God has done in them is to think about the better you. Matter of fact, let's do something. Close your eyes for me right now. Don't go to sleep. Now, I want you to focus on the better you, your best version, the things you're whole. That you're crying out for. The things that you do, you don't want to do, as Paul says, the things you don't want to do, end up doing. The things that bother you, temper and your anger or your mouth or your gossip or or silly habits. Or maybe they're really, really terrible habits or habits that have got you gripped. Look at yourself free. I want you to see yourself whole. 
And the very thing that God's got for you. Now open your eyes. Now listen to me. Everything you saw, he already did. It's already yours. You have to partner with it. You have to believe it. Your faith has to come into agreement with the blood of Jesus. Do you understand? And this is part of why I guess I get want to start going in to be militant almost. I'm tired of the church being defeated when everything and the answer is there. Let's ask God for the answer. Let's walk it out. Partner with each other. Trust each other. And confess our faults one to another that we might be healed. You see, the enemy keeps us from trusting so that we won't confess. Praise the Lord. I don't know where that came from. All right, the next one. I didn't gotten enough trouble in the beginning. I'll stay out of that. So the Lord sent me here not only is Wilmington for the city, but as I was praying for the city for kingdom impact, God, let your kingdom come in this city, Lord. Let everything that was purposed here with Pastor Doug from even as a child, even every step that he has taken this way, everything in his heart, Lord, everything in the leader's heart that are standing here, God, and they are plowing the way for those who don't know Jesus. I'm asking you, Lord, to do a work. And then I began to pray for you. And the Lord said for me to tell you that he's for you. He's for you. He doesn't want to just use you so that he wins a, a big church. He wants you to be better. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to know he's for you. And I believe that overflow that uh, Pastor Doug was talking about, I was praying about that word overflow that he heard for 2020. He, and, and I believe that the Lord just totally spoke this to me, that you are the key to overflow. You are the remnant here that is here for right now, for 2020, that is a part of this overflow in praying it in and believing God and reaching out and asking God wherever you eat lunch, wherever you pump gas, wherever you go to the Y, where your kids are, go get your lost family. How about if we just start with all the lost family members and win them? If you've got a false family, if you've got a lost family member that lives in this this area, raise your hand. Somebody. So, Father, we declare that every one of them will come in. We don't want to go out. We will start in Jerusalem, and then we're going to go out. We declare that they are going to come in, God, that they're going to come in in Jesus' name. Get a burden for the lost and let them know that you are for them because God is for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sorry, my thing's locking up on me. Technology is great, except when it doesn't work. Now I want to look at Scripture. You say, I mean, she's preaching up there and even read a Scripture. Well, I actually said one, Romans. Let's go to the next one. Romans 8, very familiar Scripture. What shall we say? Read this with me. What shall we say? So Romans 8 is all about that we're more than conquerors, that, that even the whole chapter is talking about everything, even the enemy sets up for us, he's going to turn it for our good. And he declares it over and over and over, Paul does. Great chapter of 8. We love the book of Romans. How many of you love the book of Romans? It's a great book. And then he says, and what shall we say to these things? In other words, let's sum it up. If God is for us, who could be against us? And so... That's why I would say to you, God is for you. It is established from the beginning of the earth that you are his child and you will go back to him whether you want to or not. He's got control of your final day. We're only here for a short time in passing. Your children are only here for you to raise them and shoot them out like arrows to raise up. And, and, and I could really teach on the family thing, but I just let me just say to you that we must remember our priorities and why we're here. And it is only temporary. We get called up in all the natural, and it is all about the natural. It is about the supernatural. Why you were brought to planet Earth. Amen? So if God is for us, who? And I wonder, who is the who is he talking about here? Let's go to the next slide. Verse 32. He, read this, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Sorry, that's the New King James, a little bit difficult to read that. But let me say what that really means is that God the Father didn't spare his only son. Why now would he withhold all good things? 
Why would he? He would not. These are questions that Paul's asking like, what in the world's wrong with you people? Really, that's the way he's talking in his language, right? You know, like, what's the problem? If he's for you, then who in the world could be against you? He gave up his son. And why would he not? He went to all that trouble and completely finished the work. Why would he not send good things your way? And that's what Paul is saying here. And I, I tell you that we can't imagine the support system that God really has in place for our lives. Because we choose to support ourselves. Or we find our own mechanisms, right? Our own, um, what do you call, um, let's see, devices maybe that, break, that give you comfort. Or, you, you know, those video games. Or, let's see, sports. Or, let's see, something used to be my day, my grandmother's day, it was soap operas. <laughs> Whatever it was, maybe you're addicted to the news. Some people addicted to news, weather channel, whatever it is that brings that you kind of find comfort in when you're stressed. Well, we need to find comfort in Jesus. We need to find comfort in the Word of God. We need to play worship music at that moment and not rely on these other things to fill us because how many of you know addiction is running wild right now? Drugs and alcohol and, and, and illicit sex and pornography and you name it. And we used to years ago, we're like, man, you know, that was, that was unusual. No, it's every single person will be tempted now. This is huge, and it is definitely hell enlarging itself. And we need Jesus every single day of our life. And we must reach out to him. But he's for our deliverance. He's for your recovery. He's for that thing that is tearing you up. He's for that thing that you keep struggling with. He's for that thing that your family there's, or your spouse or your children. He's for them. He's right there with you, and he's not going to give up with you. And he's not going to give up on you. Can you say amen? Aren't you thankful that our, that our, our salvation is not contingent on anybody? That would be awful. We'd be afraid all the time if they're going to fail you, if they're going to surely not let you in at the gate. That they might let you, they may say, nope, you didn't treat me right yesterday. But our, God, our hearts are contingent, our salvation is contingent on Jesus, and we can trust Him. I read something the other day where the father was at a basketball game. He took a video, uh, he wanted to get a video of his son playing ball, so he could just remember it in the future. So he noticed the guy, one of the coaches on his team, son's team, was videoing him. So he goes down and says, hey, can I get a copy of that? Because I'd love to have a picture, you know, my son playing playing today and just for memory's sake he said sure he said yeah I, I take a video so I watch them so they could we study it later they see their weaknesses so that we can become better you know and we can get stronger in those areas he's like oh yeah that's a great idea he said okay I'll give it to you right at the end of the game he notices there's somebody in the stands on the opponent's side that's taking a video he's like man I better wonder what it's like from that perspective let me I'm gonna go over there and say hey would you email me that as well so he goes over and he says sir would you mind you know my son's here, and I'd like to have that video. Would you mind sharing that with me? He said, sure, I'll send it to you. And he said, do you have a son? Which one's your child on the team? And he said, no, I don't have a son. He said, we're playing your team next week. And we, he said, honestly, I'm videoing to see what the weaknesses are so we can strategize and defeat you. And he's like, oh, my goodness. But notice the both were doing the exact same thing. But they had two different purposes. One was to find the weaknesses to help them get better and the other one is to find the weaknesses to defeat them in their weakness so one side is Jesus who is he is our strength in weakness he is watching us with the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit is watching you every day he sees your weakness he sees what you're struggling with but we have got a promise in the word that where we are weak he can be strong if we allow him but over on the opponent's side we have the enemy of our soul who is watching us and videoing us and strategizing that in those moments where can I defeat him where can I say oh God will never bring you out of this that's the only weapon Satan's got is to try to remove you from the knowledge of Jesus Christ to try to cause you to doubt in already the redemptive work that's already been done it's not going to be done it's already been done do you understand? Let me be clear. He died for the past sins, today's sins, and your tomorrow's sins. 
it takes 30 seconds when you, when you do something wrong to say, God, forgive me. The Holy Spirit's right there. You don't have to wait to come to an altar. You do it right there. You don't have to take on the judgmentalism of the enemy. There's therefore no more condemnation to those who believe and are in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm preaching this because the Lord woke me up this morning. I'm praying for somebody to stop believing the lie of the enemy and stop judging yourself and stop believing the lie of the enemy that you're not good enough and to be in his presence and that you're always feeling like you're less than and that you'll never be better. That is a lie, and we denounce that lie. God is for you from beginning to the end. And when you really get eat up with this, what we used to say, eat up with it. I mean, you wake up with it, you go to sleep with it. You people, your family drive them crazy, tell them what God did. You will pour out in overflow in the city. And people will want to come and see the light that's put on a hill here. What's going on in this little place? What is going on in this property? It doesn't matter. You can't park here. Let me tell you, we do what we want to do. And if somebody wants to know Jesus, they will walk in here. Don't allow the enemy to cause you and block you from what God is doing here. Nothing will stop the presence and the move of God in this place. Let's read the next verse. Same chapter. Read that. Who shall... Who in the world could ever bring a charge against you? I am the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I am the judge. I am the king. He has final rule. No man can judge you and put you and cast you into hell. Now, they may talk about you. They may try to reject you. And believe me, I've had plenty of that. But I want to tell you that I stand before you that even in Scripture, he says what God blesses man cannot reverse. Man cannot reverse it. Man cannot cause you, no matter how judgmental, no matter what is said on Facebook, no matter what is done on your job, no matter what your spouse says about you, he cannot judge your soul to hell, nor can he remove the blessings of God on your life. He may try. It may even look like he's winning. But tell you what, you just hold on because the third day's coming and the Holy Spirit's going to fight your battle. Just when you think, oh, I don't know what to do, right? Just when you give it up, here he comes fighting for you. The third verse, read the third verse. Who? person who could condemn you who do you who's the who who can stand before God when you agree that somebody's destroying you do you know you're agreeing with the devil that he is power who is this in earth that can do this who can condemn you go to the 35th verse and this is what I want you to get when you leave here. And you're saying, well, I've heard this all my life, but I hope if there's a way that it just goes a little further down in your head. 35. Who? That's shame. Who? Paul says, Who? Or what? What can who do with what? Who is on third? Well, he's on first and second too. Watch out. He don't want you to get a home base. Who is all around you working in people in the job and the atmosphere? Who is in the atmosphere? But Paul is saying, who can separate you from something that has been done with the blood of Jesus? You have been sealed to the day of redemption. And no man, no devil can undo it. Now say the devil is a liar. And I'm sure glad I heard that today. Or we're reminded of it. He is.
is a liar. Let's go to the next one. So if God is for you, who can be against you? Who condemns you? Who falsely accuses you? Hey, hey, watch this one. Who is out to separate you by any means necessary? From something is the greatest work of all creation. And that is the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Paul is trying to share this with his heart. Paul always went through the word talking about his emotions. He talked about how he's failed. He talked how he struggled. He talked about these things. He talked about how no matter what, you know, but, you know, the Spirit wouldn't let me go. He talked about having that such a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He did not have it easy. This was a strong man. But when he begins to declare this, who can separate you from the finished work of Jesus Christ? And I would say to you, the who is Satan. Satan in all of hell. Is, his, is the opposing team. Go to the next slide. And here's what I felt like the Lord gave me. And I kind of shared, well, I started because I just woke up one morning. The Lord's like, oh, this goes in here. So that's how I end up with it. I haven't even preached this. But I think I shared something on the uh, executive staff in my heart that morning. The Lord woke me up and he, and I heard like these are, there's only one thing. All my life I've I think even last year I preached on unforgiveness because he says in 2 Corinthians he talks about there don't be ignorant of Satan's devices and I preached on love because I happen to be here on Valentine's week again well happy Valentine's day it must be our time and I preached on love and I preached on and introduced really this statement for the first time I think and then the Lord you know that, that the entirety of that, that statement is about unforgiveness and I preach that, that, you know, that he's talking about don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Unforgiveness is how the church would split. Unforgiveness is what keeps God from moving forward in your life. But then the, this past month, the Lord woke me up and he gave me this word. But what's unforgiveness? And then he began to speak to me about Satan can only work in one form, and that is division. He works in division to cause unforgiveness. So even the root of unforgiveness is division. And so number one, Satan, if he had goals, which I'm sure he does, what would those goals be is kind of what I wrote down. Number one is to divide you from the Father. Every single day you wake up, it's to divide you that you're not worthy. And can I tell you you're not worthy? None of us are worthy. He's worthy. And when he looks at us, he sees him. He sees his son. We'll never be worthy of the work that was done in our life. But because of Jesus, I can be worthy. I am worthy because of the blood. But he works every single day to divide us from the Father. In other words, through sin, through temptation, through you don't need him, through uh, you don't know who you are and you're struggling with who you are and you let everybody else be your father. You let everybody else own you or... You know, you know that you haven't, you don't keep yourself under the shadow of the Almighty. But he, his goal is to, for you to question God. His goal is for you to, to doubt God. His goal is to divide you and remove you from the Father every single day by whatever He can do. He wants you to hate God or blame God. That's one. Some people get hurt badly, they blame God. They lose a loved one, they blame God. Whatever it is, he, that's his goal, number one. Number two, he wants to divide you from others. He wants to cause division between you and your family, you and your friends, listen, you and the relationships in this house. His number one way that he's going to operate and the, what he moves in is division. He is now moving in division in the United States. Amen? We talked about it in the beginning. How about number three? Divide you from your purpose. He is always working on cutting off. No, you're not called. You're not called. Well, no doors open. Well, you know, if they open. Well, if God gives me the money, I'll do it. God doesn't operate that way. We move by faith. 
And so he's always trying to get you that you, now I'm going to tempt you to go do this. Then after you're tempted, now I'm going to come and judge you and accuse you and condemn you that you're not worthy to pray because you're just a lay, low down rotten scoundrel and you ain't never, no way the call of God's on your life. And if anybody really knew you, they wouldn't even like you. Am I talking to anybody? The very thing that he convinces you to go do or get on the phone, let's talk about this, just get on the phone and gossip about somebody. You know what the word gossip means? It says when you're neither the problem nor the solution. If I'm sitting with Pastor Doug and we've got something going on in the church, somebody's struggling, and if I talk to him about it, it's because we're trying to see how to help that person. We're over them in the Lord, and so it's a supervisory position. I've got 21 employees I'm talking. I might be talking to one of the supervisors like Kelly Bear about the 13 of the school over there. We might be struggling. Somebody's late constantly, and so we're having to deal with that. That's not gossip because I'm the, I am part of the, the, I'm not the problem, but it's brought to me, but I'm also part of the solution. When you're neither the problem nor the solution, it's gossip. When it's you have nothing to do with helping it, get better right or you weren't weren't in it then guess what it's none of your business so some of this stuff that we do we need to check ourselves, and we need to understand I don't know about you but I don't want to spread the news of the bad news of somebody's life and I don't want to agree with somebody's life but this is the tricks of the enemy to bring the church into this stuff and to bring us down in controversy and bring us down instead of knowing that we have something that the world does not have and that is the love of Jesus Christ that is the love of Jesus Christ listen that reaches the loss reaches the most ugliest thing it goes it helps us look at somebody and we can have hope in the middle of decay we can have hope in the middle of what looks like hopeless and they can't have hope but we can have hope for them that's a gift and sometimes there are people in your family that you have to give to the Lord and ask God to bring it back around right because the enemy sometimes severs ties in families and relationships I want you to stand up with me I don't know who played yes please so I believe two things today that we're declaring that God to God, the kingdom impact is for this city. And that that is our heart of commitment. But first, we have to receive that God is for us. He's for us, for healing. He wants us to have impact in our families, in our life, in our church. in our How about in our finances? He wants you to go home and have impact from the gospel to your family and your children and your spouse. And not live compartmental lives. He wants you to ask him and seek him and to pray and to fast. For those that are lost in your family or for those relationships the enemy's trying to destroy. Sometimes you can do everything right. And the enemy will still come. It doesn't matter. It's got nothing to do whether you're guilty or not. It has. To, and if you are guilty, you just ask God, I create this mess. Lord, let, forgive me. And he will forgive you. And there are things you have to walk out. But I'll tell you what, he will help you walk step out because he's for you when you really understand the depth of who he is for you I can tell you that we, we're human minded so it's hard to really get a concept of what that really really means that he's for me I can tell you this past year I've realized who's not for me because see when there's an undercurrent all the time uh, Pastor Doug and I'll tell you this when there's always something that's going on always come back around there are people not going to be for your ministry and they're not going to be for Kingdom Life and Kingdom Impact Wilmington. It's hard. It hurts us. But we, we have to see that. We know it. Because eventually, if you're for somebody, you've come into agreement somehow because of Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean you're perfect. I was, matter of fact, Diane went out the door. But I was going to, but she came to my mind when she walked there. But I can tell you, we'll just talk about her while she's out. How's that? <laughs> But Sydney, where are you at? Wave your hand back there. Matter of fact, Sydney, come up here. Sydney's grown into a beautiful young woman. Thank you. Very proud of her. See the hand of the Lord upon you and the purity of spirit is there. Let me say that. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. But I can tell you in the natural, if Sydney made a big, big, big mistake at school, she decided to listen to friends. She's guilty. She did some things she should not have done. That's not really who she is, but that's what she did. She's guilty. 
But I can tell you, and if I use Diane, Grandma, back there, it doesn't matter what all she did. She could be guilty as mud, right? She's for her. You understand? It may look like she's lost her ever living mind. What in the world, Regina and Doug, did Yahweh raise you that way? But they're for you. It's a deep love that goes deeper than mistakes. Listen, and what you see in the natural eye. Now I want to go, thank you. Let's give her a hand. She's beautiful. We love her. She ain't going to make no mistakes. Now I want you to picture you. And the Lord just gave me this. So listen, you made a mistake. And the Father looks at you. And yeah, you made it. You made a huge mess. But he's for you. He loves you so much that there that he does nothing can separate you. Nothing. That thing cannot stand between you and him. Nothing. Committing adultery. Even if you killed somebody, you're still his child. Do you understand? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. All these things. When we get a hold of how much He is for us and the support system of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then, get this, then we need to be for each other. You understand? When your neighbor in this church has fallen, He said restore them with the spirit of gentleness. Matter of fact, I'll give you a word for overflow. That scripture in Galatians chapter 6, He says those who are overflowing with the Spirit, restore them. There's another overflow example. When you are living with Jesus, you have the same forgiveness. You have the same ability to love with everything you've got. And so those people you feel justified to let go, those people, you, you don't have to go talk to them if, they, if it's a bad, you know. There are situations where we have to be removed. But nothing would keep you from, nothing would keep you from praying treating them right when you see them so I don't know let's close our eyes today I know I've come with the word for you for the city but then I threw in a word for us because that's what the Lord put on my heart I want to see people that are triumphant I want people to know that God is for them and if you're dealing with an addiction today you're dealing with something that you pray about it but this you know you need deliverance I want you to raise your hand and you're just I'm looking and I'm okay yes 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 anybody else there's an addiction that you just continue several hands in this house go ahead be brave there you go there's two more come on there's an addiction you're dealing with it you know God is not pleased with it and it's separating it keeps bothering you and it's keeping you from being close with the Lord and you want freedom from this maybe there's something maybe there's a habit of gossip maybe there's a habit of a bad temper maybe there's a habit of uh, of lying spirit of lying maybe there's a habit that, that's just keeping you out of His presence. It's just You're not letting God redeem you. You're not taking it to Him. Go ahead, be brave. Nobody's looking around. I'm the only person looking right now because I want it to be between you and God and me at this moment. Somebody, yes, yes. Yes. The Bible says if you confess your faults that you might be healed. God never reveals, you know, to kill. He only reveals to heal. How about unforgiveness? How about unforgiveness? You've hardened your heart and you realize today, I need to be for them regardless how they hurt me. Come on, lift your hand. Yes. 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 So I want you to now, I want you to just, all, everyone, anybody that feels comfortable, I want you to just lift your hand if you feel comfortable. If you don't want to lift your hands, you don't. Lift your hands. Just sign a surrender in the house, everybody. the Lord is really doing a deep work in this house right now a deep work so father if you don't know let me just say this you don't know Jesus your personal savior we're going to say a sinner's prayer right now so I want you to repeat after me everybody father forgive me all my sins I believe you sent your son you died for me I repent I want to make you the Lord of my life and today I will serve you. Thank you for 
for saving me in Jesus name now I want you to lift your hands in the house so Father I pray now even for the confession of the hands those that stood right where they are just begin to pray right where they are you all know who raised your hand ask him to forgive you of those things Father we surrender that we're just mere human beings people that we need a savior every day of our life I thank you that the lies of the enemy have been so strong in our mind. We hear the record player over and over and over. We get so caught up in the world. We get so caught up on the news and TV and the Facebook and the school and friends. We release it to you, Lord. Come in and with your power and your Holy Spirit and help us, Lord. We lay these things at the cross. We lay these weaknesses down, and you said that where we're weak, we could be strong. We lay these addictions at your feet. We lay a lying tongue. We lay down gossip. We lay down addiction, drugs, alcohol, pornography. We lay them down because we know that destroys us. Those pills, how about, how about eating disorder? We lay this down at you. We need you. We want you to be our comfort. We want you to be our deliverance. We want you to help us, God. Our doubts, our fears, our worries, anxiety and fear. Help us to trust you that you are for us. I repent of even doubting. And today I thank you for stirring in me, for me to hear this word that I can have faith, that I can believe. Now I want to pray for all the lost. Father, those that are lost are connected to these people. I ask you, Lord, they would have a testimony. That you would set them free from all these things. We pray for your, your spirit, your presence, your shalom of the Lord. We pray for forgiveness to come in areas of hurt and pain. That we can be the church. That we can be for our city. Really, really be for. Not just the poor. The mayor, the educated, the wealthy. We're for everyone. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you've not rejected us. Hallelujah. Can you say with me, God is for me, and I am for Wilmington. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him praise tonight. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Tammy. Wow, that was wonderful. You remember, uh, wow, that was incredible. And me and her didn't have any private conversations about anything in this church, any problems or situations in the church. So if she spoke to you today, that had nothing to do with anything I told her, I promise you. I was sitting there, I was like, wow, this is incredible. God is speaking to her because I know some of your problems and some of the things going on in your lives. And I was like, oh, well, I know everybody thinks I didn't went, went and talked to her and told her, to, told her all, the, all the business. But see, what's so good about God, if you really seek God, nobody has to tell you anything. God will speak to you. That's what's, that's what's so wonderful about this position up here. God speaks to us. When I'm up here during the week and I'm, I'm preaching to you every week and you, I speak to you, nobody told me nothing. God, Holy Spirit speaks to us. And that, that makes it more personal. That makes it more real to you. Because if, you did, because if, if somebody told us, it's not so real to you. Well, somebody told you that. But when you know that God cares enough about you to tell her your problems, then you know God is concerned. And I want you to know that I am for you as a pastor. And we are for this city. I'm so honored to have you, Pastor Tammy. Thank you so much. Can you not tell that she, her heart's for this, for this church? Amen. Man, her heart's for this church as well as the other com campuses. So we're so excited. We're going to take, take about a, uh, 